Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Advent is from Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name... The sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I will command him at Horeb for all Israel." Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The end of the world, as we know it, is coming. Yes, the end of the world is coming. It will be a great day, my friends. On that great day, Jesus will come back a second time. But this time, at this second coming, Jesus will be far from meek. His second coming will not be a coming of grace and mercy, but a coming of judgment. It is a coming of fire and the sword. At the second coming, Jesus will come in divine majesty surrounded by his host of angels. When he comes that second time, he will return visibly. Yes, visibly in the sight of all to bring a hammer of judgment. No soft manger, no calm donkey, no wavy palm branches, but instead, great power, a trumpet blast, and majestic, powerful glory, and fire. Yes, fire. And that fire, well, it is going to burn everything. Yes, it's going to burn everything. Just like the Lord sent that massive floodwaters from the sky and from the depths of the earth to flood the entire world at the second coming, There will be a sudden crackling, sizzling, sputtering, and a roar due to fire consuming everything. This is precisely what we hear from the reading in our Old Testament from Malachi. The prophet Malachi, he tells us that the day is coming like a blazing forest fire. On that last day... All the arrogant will be burned up like wood chips in a fire. It will be a hot day and nothing will be left. 
Everything will be ashy black. Now this indeed sounds terrifying. The Apostle Peter, he also speaks of this last day in his epistle, saying this. Peter tells us that there's a day coming when the sky will collapse with a loud bang and everything will melt and dissolve by fire. Indeed, it certainly sounds frightening. Now, all this talk about the end of the world should make us alarmed. It should make us indeed very alarmed. It should unsettle us. This talk about the second coming and the end of the world should make us actually shuffle in our pews, shift ever so slightly. Instead of wanting to put our heads in the sand, this news of the end of the world should also cause us to lift up our chins and open our ears to listen, to hear for more. You see, when we do hear more, Malachi tells us that the coming of this last day will be like a two-edged sword. Indeed, the coming of Jesus at that great judgment day means two different things for two different groups of people. You see, just as fire can both burn and warm, the second coming of Jesus is both good and bad news. It will burn some and warm others. Now, dear friends, if you think you can live as the master and commander of your own universe, with your own rules, making it up as you go along, exalting the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, if you go along with this, well, God's message is this to you this day, repent or perish. You see, the Lord has promised to come for the arrogant, perhaps maybe you, and call you out onto the carpet. And so if you have no fear and no love and trust for God, be afraid. Yes, be very afraid. That day is coming. And it will come to you like a burning oven to set you ablaze. You see, dear friends, God will not be mocked. He will punish the wicked. He will judge all things. No one will escape. The proud and the mighty of the world who live as if they are strong as iron, well, they will be powerless in the fire of God's wrath. They will melt. They will burn. The Lord's wrath will burn everything to the root. Now, all of this may be difficult for you and me to hear, especially during the time of Advent and with the season of Christmas coming upon us. This message from Malachi is undoubtedly not a very festive Advent and Christmas message. Malachi's message would also, we have to keep in mind, still be challenging to hear, though, even if it were not Advent or Christmas. This message from Malachi, it has a way of instilling fear and anxiety and perhaps stress in our life. But nonetheless, it is indeed needed for us. We must keep in mind, though, that there are entire church denominations that spend a great deal of time and energy and effort to avoid topics like this, the one that we're covering right now. You see, they believe that the message of God's judgment at the last day, along with all the fire that will burn everything up, is just too harsh for spiritually sensitive ears. In an attempt to protect so-called sensitive spiritual ears, as well as the desire, yes, as well as the desire not to drive visitors away from the church, 
these churches and denominations will downplay the judgment of Christ. Some of these churches are more concerned with protecting the feelings of people in the pew than conveying the message of Malachi. With that said, do you want to know maybe perhaps a little secret about all of this? Here's the secret. Here's the inside scoop. The message from Malachi is indeed too harsh for spiritually sensitive ears. It is a very jarring message, but nonetheless needed. You see, the message from Malachi will indeed make newcomers extremely uncomfortable. It should also make you want to tell your pastor to pull that throttle back to preach more flowery and happy sermons. Sermons that butter us up and make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Indeed, the message of Malachi is not politically correct, for it shows that Jesus is not just a Savior that brings love, which he does, but also a Savior who comes in this second coming with judgment as well. See, Malachi displays to us that the second coming of Jesus will bring heat, heat that many are incredibly uncomfortable with because it makes us understand that Jesus is not a pushover Messiah that we can easily manipulate. And so frankly stated, the message of Malachi should alarm you. Each and every one of you should be alarmed. The message of Malachi should make you want to hide behind your pews. The message of Malachi should make you want to indeed uh, pull that hymnal up over your head, perhaps like hiding under the sheets. The message of Malachi is intended to wake you up. It is intended to make you actually fearful. It is intended to drive you to look for security when that great day of judgment comes upon you and me. But my friends, didn't we say earlier in the sermon, didn't we say earlier in the sermon that that great judgment day, the coming of Jesus, means two different things for two different groups of people? Yes, we did. You see, we need to keep in mind that just as the Lord's Supper, this Lord's Supper, just as this Supper can bring forgiveness and judgment at the same time, the second coming of Christ is both good news and bad news at the same time. You see, a person receives forgiveness and life and salvation when they receive the body and the blood of Christ from this altar by faith. That is to say, when you and I approach the altar with repentance, knowing that we are sinners in need of grace, well, Jesus, he meets this confession, he meets this sin with perfect grace and forgiveness, his body and blood poured into us for the satisfaction of all of our sins. But if you and I approach this altar with with a puffed-up arrogance and self-righteousness, patting ourselves on the back with an apathy, well, the Lord, he meets us with condemnation. The same Lord's Supper brings both forgiveness and condemnation. And the same is true for the second coming of Christ. And so Malachi's message is for us to repent, to repent of our sins, We are to beat our chest with contrition with the news of that great last day approaching us. But notice, my friends, how Malachi speaks of this great last day. He actually tells us that it is coming. That is to say, it is not here yet. And that the time is now. 
You see, the time is now to lift our heads in this sanctuary and to see the only one who can grant us security on that last day. It's really quite easy. To be ready for the second coming of Christ, you must have the first coming of Christ. One more time. To be ready for that second coming of Christ, you must have the first coming of Christ. To be ready to meet Jesus in judgment, you first must receive Jesus with his forgiveness, life, and salvation. Dear baptized saints, you have heard about the first coming of Jesus in our Advent services this last Wednesday in the previous, Wednesday, or previous Sunday. You've heard all year long about Jesus coming to humanity in love to offer himself in exchange for you at that cross. And you have been receiving the benefits of his first coming in the very word and sacraments given to you. And so you have the benefits of the first coming of Jesus. And these benefits are that which prepare you for his second coming. You see, because of Jesus' first coming, the second coming of Jesus becomes a little less fearful. Well, actually, a lot less fearful. Jesus will still come again to judge all things. However, we know that we have Christ, and in Christ, our sins are already judged. They're judged on Calvary's cross. And because of that, The judge who comes at that second coming is our friend. So the second coming for you is not a day of fear or stress or anxiety, but it is a day of joy, anticipation, and healing. You see, you have the benefits of the first coming of Jesus through the word and sacraments. Therefore, you can know with absolute assurance that you will meet Jesus at his second coming with a smile and relief. Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, his scars on Mount Calvary, his baptism of you, and his body and blood given to you grant you confidence to know that the second coming will not be a day of judgment for you, but a day where you will fully be healed from all the sin and troubles that have plagued you in this life. It will be a day where all the weaknesses and the constant failings and tears of your repentance will be healed forever. They will all be gone. Without Jesus' first coming, we have only fear. But because of his first coming, you will burst with energy, leaping like a calf that has just been led out into the pasture when Christ comes again. Mark that. Thus together today, We can have confidence, not fear. We have confidence that Christ came for us. We have confidence that he comes to us. And we have anticipation and joy as he comes for us yet again at that second coming. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word speaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from pastor matthew richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit saint paul's website at www.saintpaulsminot.org the The lord bless and keep you. you